Welcome to Pursuing Call, a place where we explore what God is up to in our lives so that we can participate in God's mission for the world. Find out more at pursuingcall.com. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another bonus episode, the final in our series for Holy Week. Today, I am combining what should have been a reflection for Good Friday and a reflection for Easter into one podcast episode. We're going to try to do this in under 30 minutes. And the goal for today is to talk about queer theology. Why do I want to talk about queer theology as a reflection for Good Friday and Easter in combination? And it is this, that I've noticed a lot of the social media stuff, a lot of things around Easter are about how Jesus died for our sins and you were washed in the blood. And if it wasn't for Jesus doing this sacrificial act, that we would not be saved. And the question I have always had in my heart is, what are we being saved from? The traditional ideas of sin would have us think that we popped out of the womb, broken, terrible humans with nothing good in our hearts, except that one day we would be baptized and saved. That if we just give our hearts over to Christ, then we are saved from the fact that inherently when we pop out of the, of the body, we are bad people and going and turning against God. And I just don't think that I popped out of the womb broken and terrible and horrible. I do not think that my individual choices make me a terrible and horrible human being. I do believe that I do harmful things sometimes. I do know that I turn against what I believe is God's desire and God's heart for my life. I do believe that I make bad choices, but I don't think that makes me a terrible, horrible person that needs to be washed in the blood. And so the first time I encountered queer theology, and if you listen to this podcast, I talk about it a lot. Um, but only in passing. And so I'd love to take a moment to just talk about queer theology. And I'm centering my conversation about queer theology and outlining this theology based on the work of Patrick S. Chang, who's a priest in the Episcopal Church and a theologian and a professor um, and a parish priest, I believe. Um, and the book that he that I'm using as my main source is an introduction to queer theology, radical love. So I thought we'd start here with what is queer theology, right? So first part, queer. Well, let's start theology. First part is theology. Theology is God talk. So it is how we talk about God. That's theology. And that, and then how do we interpret meaning in our lives about what we interpret about what God has said. Often the Bible is a core text upon which we reflect, but it also involves our lives. So the way that Dr. Um, Douglas is quoting other folks from before is, I can't remember who it is, but it's faith seeking understanding. That is theology. Queer. Queer has been used as 
a offensive term that has been reclaimed by the LGBTQIA plus community as kind of an umbrella term for LGBTQIA plus. So le- lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning, intersex, asexual, and all the other alphabets, uh, letters in that not straight, hetero, whatever, um, identifying. Uh, so queer has been used as an umbrella term. It's also used as an intentional reclamation of a word that had previously only been, only had negative connotations. And queering things is often used as a way to talk about erasing boundaries. Queer theology is based in queer theory. Um, It challenges and disrupts the traditional notions that sexuality and gender identity are these very fixed categories that can be reduced to binaries. So you are gay or straight, white or black, uh, uh, able-bodied, disabled, that there are these kind of finite identities that we have placed ourselves into in categories. It's not the categorizing, but the fact that those categories are fixed, they are binary, and they have no wiggle room in them. So how does this apply to queer theology, particularly in the Christian context? And we are gonna turn to Chang and my reference page is page 10 and 11 in this text. This might be new pages because there's a new edition of the book out. So Christian theology, the way that I I just wanna um, quote him here, page 11. Christian theology is fundamentally a queer enterprise because it focuses upon the incarnation, life, death, resurrection, ascension, and second coming of Jesus Christ, all of which are events that turn upside down our traditional understanding of life and death, divine and human, center and margins, beginnings and endings, infinite and finite, and punishment and forgiveness. As with the case of queer theory, it is in Jesus Christ that all of these seemingly fixed binary categories are ultimately challenged and collapsed. Basically, all kinds of binary categories that we have created and that we think are fixed and unchangeable are ultimately fluid and malleable. And for me, this is what happens at the cross. And this is what salvation means. It means challenging and being freed from these seemingly fixed binary categories that have been created before our existence and may exist long after we are here. So let's talk about sin. Let's talk about sin. So if we understand, and the way that that Cheng uh, defines this theory uh, is that he calls this love, this this love of Christ, this, this demonstration of Christ as, as breaking these seemingly fixed binaries and categories as radical love that engage. So radical love is defined as love that is so extreme that it dissolves all kinds of boundaries 
including those relating to gender and sexuality. And I, and for me, what queer theology has brought to me is to say, not just gender and sexuality, but what are all the boundaries and categories that have seemingly been fixed and limited my life from existing fully into what God wants the life to be. And so the sin that, that Cheng wants us to focus on as we think about this queer theology is sin can be understood as our, the personal sin that we commit is our refusal to accept this radical love. That is the condition of original sin encourages humans to build up existing boundaries and divisions and refuse to dissolve them or tear them down. Often we think of sin as distancing ourselves from God. And so in Jesus Christ, we see the embodiment of God bringing us back to radical love. So what does this all mean? Sin then is not just you are a bad person. Um, Though the way that we often think of sin is very legalistic. So the rejection of radical love also manifests in our rejection to live out our full selves beyond categories and binaries. As Cheng says, now we're, that I was quoting between pages 70 and 71, so page 71, if God is radical love, in other words, a love so extreme that it dissolves all kinds of boundaries, then sin is what opposes God or what opposes radical love. Sin is the resistance to dissolving boundaries and divisions. And not living into our full selves. Not, um, he talks particularly at one point about not coming out of the closet is a sin in some ways because it's not um, yes, there are reasons why people do not come out. And if it's safe for you to stay in, that's what you have to say, but at least come out to yourself. Um, at least acknowledge to yourself who God fully made you to be, that even in your queer identity, you are representing the image of God. And so opposing that which God has created, opposing your queerness, your belovedness, your giftedness, your um, strengths, your gifts, your capacities, your your ways of being in the world that contribute to the world having more love, more peace, more wholeness, more connection, that is actually the sin. And then the larger sin is, of course, the institutional sin of racism, homophobia, transphobia, sexism, uh, ableism, uh, heterosexism, uh, all the the isms that we can think of, the structural things that oppose God's radical love. So what does this mean? Oh, sorry, one more point on sin. 
The rejection, we're on page 74, the rejection of radical love is essentialism or the reinforcing of boundaries that keep categories separate and distinct from each other. So again, sin, as in binaries, as in categories that are not changeable, malleable, or fluid, the idea that separation and dissisting people based on these very finite, restrictive boundaries, not living into the beauty and the wonder that is you, those things are sins. And what Christ does as a being that is fully human, fully divine, that is dying and rising, that at the moment of death also lives. All of those categories and boundaries and binaries that that we have created so many times we see in Jesus's ministry throughout Jesus's life, the ways in which he is breaking categories and boundaries. He raises Lazarus from the dead. That which we thought was dead is alive. Jesus is raised from the dead. That which the, the empire and powers and principalities killed is alive. All that we think is true as a fixed category and boundary and a, and a way to keep us separated from ourselves, from God, from creation, the idea that we are not a part of creation. Really, it is the rest of creation. Humans are part of creation. The dirt and me are equal. We are not separate. We are together. We are one. We are part of God's creation. All of these categories are the ways in which we commit sin. We go against God's radical love. And so if you've been told that coming out makes you not loved by God, that is wrong. If you have been told that breaking boundaries and going beyond uh, the fixed categories and binaries that you have been placed in, that is wrong. And so the invitation for the Easter season is for me, and this is the only way I can truly believe in salvation of any kind, is that I can only believe in salvation if we are talking about this, this rejection of radical love as sin and removing a legalistic understanding of sin. So when I say I believe in a risen Christ, I believe in a Christ that tears down boundaries and separations between humans and the rest of creation, humans with each other, humans with the divine, humans with themselves. And so I invite you today to live into that kind of resurrection power, to embrace and engage in understanding of Christianity that isn't about legalistic sin or whatever stupid ass shit that we tell people is sin um, just so that they feel bad, so that they have to then rely upon institutions and more principalities and powers in order to not feel like shit anymore. God has already resurrected. God has already died for you and not because you popped out the womb wrong. But because 
as a society, as individuals, we have decided what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. The only thing that is wrong is that which opposes radical love. That is wrong. So as long as you are living a life embracing a radical love, a radical understanding of wholeness and beauty in the world, you are not harming other people, you are engaging in consensual relationships with other humans, then, yeah, that's what you're doing. You're embracing radical love. So the invitation for today as your last piece, and maybe this is your invitation as you consider your pursuing call work. We started at the beginning talking about humility, but humility as realizing and living into ourselves. This is where we have landed. Living into your truest self is not just living into the resurrection, is about living into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pursuing what God is calling us to do is about living in the resurrection. So if we are a part of a resurrected people, whether we believe it or not, we feel like it's happening right now or not, then we must live into the fullness and wholeness of what God has created us to do and be in the world. And so that is your invitation as your last act, as your last invitation of act is to cross a boundary and not a shit, be a shit don't be a shithead. You know what a shithead boundary is, right? Like you're not going to harm kids. You're not going to harm other people. Harming people is not crossing a boundary, but cross a boundary where you, um, you might not like classical music, never listened to it before. Go buy a ticket, go see a concert. Uh, you may have never tried a, a certain kind of food. You have never talked to someone of a different whatever. You might find that there is some kind of liberative act when you learn how to cross boundaries. This is particularly for those who live on the privileged side of the street. Not necessarily for those who have lived on the marginalized side of the street. But even as marginalized, even those of us who have lived in the margins sometimes refuse to cross boundaries as well. And so don't harm yourself, but, you know, try it. Maybe even within the marginalized communities that you represent. And then for reflection, This week, we've talked a lot about pursuing call. What do you feel called to do? What are the gifts and skills you have? Hopefully, you have unearthed some gifts and skills. How have you put boundaries on your gifts and skills? And what might true resurrection and resurrective liberating freedom look like for you? Um, I'm not going to tell you to quit your job. I'm never going to tell you to do anything that hurts. but maybe something that feels uncomfortable. Do something that feels uncomfortable, reflect on that, and maybe try to reimagine new ways that you can engage your call, um, live into the fullness of the radical love that has already been placed upon you and share that radical love with the world. How can you share radical love with the world? That is Queer Theology. Hopefully I did it justice. If you want to give me feedback and come on the pod and tell me all about Queer Theology and what, how you define it and stuff, I'd love to have that conversation. That's all I have for today. Alleluia. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Pursuing Call. I can't wait to hear about how you are exploring God's voice so that you can participate in God's mission and dream for our world. Send your email and comments to Tamara at PursuingCall.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at P-U-R-S-U-I-N-G-C-A-L-L dot com. You can also visit PursuingCall.com to learn more about what I'm exploring and envisioning and thinking about. Thank you so much and have a wonderful and beautiful day. Go in peace to love and serve.